0: Hey, welcome to Bible Bitches. Uh, I'm here with Laura Barclay, who, as you know, is a fantastic minister. I'm glad that we cleared that up last week uh, our like, third season. <laughs> um, um, Who's a fantastic <laughs> minister from Louisville, Kentucky, where mm-hmm. she drinks a lot of the bourbon. I, think, I do. Right
1: and, and other various liqueurs. <laughs> and liquors. And liquors. Um, I am here with the one Sarah Hoff, who is a amazing healthcare administrator from LA.
0: No, I just got promoted. I'm yeah. now a communication specialist. Oh, look at you!
1: Communicating like a specialist. I am. I am. I've known you to communicate like a specialist. <laughs> That's
0: how I communicate best.
1: Yes. I'm yes. Specializing
0: I'm- in communication. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> you get a badge. Like a, like a, like we're, you know, you can investigate things if, see if they've been communicated well.
0: That would be amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make one for you.
0: Thank you. No, I just basically like update websites and do events. Awesome. Yeah. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and what I know about Sarah is that uh, amongst other things, you are really good at choosing and procuring scotch.
0: <laughs> I do. I do enjoy that. Um, actually. Uh, they call themselves a scotch but it's from like Oregon it's called Westward and it's really good okay yeah
1: like I have to get my hands on that
0: yeah it's it's actually a goal of mine if I hit my goal workout schedule for two weeks I can buy myself a bottle of Westward
1: (laughs) I love it you're incentivizing it
0: I am I am
1: I like it I like it well today what you've got me doing Sarah is you've got me blind reacting to some of the songs that you were tortured with in the 90s. Uh, so some of you may know that uh, Sarah and I uh, both uh, grew up Southern Baptist and uh, we both went to uh, conservative Christian high schools. Um, the difference is that uh I was sort of tuned in and out. Like I, my, my family left the church um, whenever I was a child and I was kind of phoning it in to, to school, but my parents weren't really evangelical at that point. So I could come home and vent and say, hey, there's some weird stuff going on. And I did not really listen to evangelical music other than what was kind of forced on me at school. So I was listening to secular music and I was a heathen, um, but Sarah was steeped in it just steeped in it. And so what she's doing is playing songs for me and I am blind reacting to them. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your background with this and the song that you chose today?
0: Sure. Yeah. So I was like fully immersed in all of it, like completely. That's all we were allowed to listen to. Um, Even like in elementary school, my parents never listened to like anything normal it was just like um like hymns like that like say the like uh English what is the English like choir or like you know some other big choir would sing these hymns and then we would listen to tapes of them or classical music like there wasn't (laughs) there wasn't anything and so then you know by the time junior high and high school roll around we're listening to a lot of Christian rock and you know that one uh, christian rap album uh, dc talk <laughs> um but today we are reviewing never forget uh,
1: kirk franklin's stomp
0: oh my god i did forget kirk Kirkland franklin's stomp oh, that shit.
1: that's a bop i listen i i that broke over into the regular i think like past the christian charts and onto the pop charts because i i heard that one
0: there were so there were a few others that did that too Man, I'm gonna have to rethink some stuff and and see if I can get stomp in there, um, yeah, I
1: feel like we we are picking a lot of ones that we're uh bashing yeah. on, but I feel like we should pick uh one or two that are Bob like probably
0: good um yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair maybe like every third or fourth one we do one that's like yes, yeah you know, good that we actually enjoy listening <laughs> to. <laughs> Does it make my ears bleed? Yeah. not today, not today. <laughs> Today we are reviewing uh, Big Ten's Revival 1995 self-titled album. Um, the particular song is uh, Two Sets of Joneses. I'm going to assume that you, listener, have listened to this song before. And we'll like talk about the lyrics and go through them too. Um, yes, so. I,
1: have, I have just listened to it right before we started recording. And watch the music video. And my first observation was that uh, the guy playing, I guess Rothschild or Rubin or whatever, uh, um, oh, the first guy? the the dude with the glasses, the first guy. So so look up two sets of jodes is by Big Tent Revival. Uh, yes, I'm pretty one- sure that the guy. I'm pretty sure the guy is um, Harry Potter's dad. I don't know. But from the Harry Potter movies, the Harry Potter set—it looks like Harry Potter set.
0: Yeah. So, so listener, this this song is like a story song where they pit like two different couples, like kind of against, like not against each other, but they're doing a compare contrast kind of thing. And one set is like really wealthy, and their marriage falls apart. And then one is, you know, poor but God fearing, and God always provides for them.
1: Yes. Yes, um, the first one. What Rothschild was lucky to marry so wealthy, and Evelyn bought him a house on the beach. Yeah, but Reuben and Sue had nothing but Jesus, and each night they'd pray that He'd care for them each. Mm. And then the uh, it looks like a thing that we hear frequently is the rain came down, it blew the four walls down, um, but one set of Joneses was standing that day.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's definitely a parable of like building your house on the sand or the rock kind yes. of
1: thing. You're A solid foundation.
0: You need a solid foundation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, So, uh, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn's, I guess that's the rich one. Evelyn's daddy was proud yeah. of young Rothschild, which is, you know, it's a dick name. Like, sorry if your name's Rothschild, but I feel like that's a hat tip to
0: this is going to be the couple that's the dick. It's, yeah, but it's also like, I've never met a Rothschild, and I've never, like, I mean, like, there might be, like, one movie in the 80s that used the (laughs) name Rothschild, but, like, I've, like, even, like, the douchey, like, preppy couples I know, like, where did, where did they get this name?
1: Right, their name should be, his name should be Chasen.
0: Yes, yes, Yes. or, like, Royce, or, sorry, the Royce I knew in high school. Um, You're not like that. Um.
1: Yes, you're the exception,
0: not the rule, Royce. (laughs) Frederick, you know, like these yes. kinds of
1: names. Choose right. the name of a king. That's yes. all you got to do. Exactly. Um, so let's see. Um, the dad and this couple worked late hours to be number one, um, but just newlyweds and their marriage got rocky. He's flying to Dallas
0: and she's having a son. Oof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Oof. Mm-hmm. He's putting work over her. And you know what? We know that that is just crumbling the foundation of their marriage.
1: You know what so far i feel like uh i feel like that's not totally wrong um i'm not yeah. super you know okay so yeah. we're we're i as with the other song i feel like we start out normie and then we get weirdy right like okay mm-hmm. so um all right so then we got reuben oh this is the other couple reuben was holding a gideon's bible and he screamed mm-hmm. it's a boy with a exclamation point so that everyone heard uh, that is quite the juxtaposition.
0: I sh- you know what I should have, I'm just now thinking about, it. I should have looked up like the, like the Gideon Bible translation. Like why did they choose that over like any other translation? Well,
1: maybe they're just Gideons. because Aren't Gideons like just a group that put the Gideon, like they're just a group that put Bibles everywhere.
0: Yeah, maybe so. But is there a certain, like they've got to be choosing a certain like translation of the Bible.
1: I'm not sure if it's its own translation or if it's just that Gideon sponsor bibles to be put in like hotel rooms so maybe he found it in a hotel room Mm. yeah Yeah. maybe he quit his hard drinking because maybe he stole it he He started out with a life of crime and Mm -hmm. now he's got a heart Mm -hmm. of gold and he's screaming it's a boy so that everyone heard and guess what the guys at the factory they took up a collection Again, God provided for bills they'd incurred. Um, Bills doing what?
0: I mean, probably having a baby. But I love that, like, in this, God is getting credit for something that, like, his buddies do for him. Like, they don't get the credit for, like, the money they front. Rude. Rude.
1: Hey, guys at the factory, fuck off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Prosperity gospel. This is what it is.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, why not? I don't know. Like, and this is overly simplistic, but not, why not be like those guys at the factory cared about their neighbor and themselves. Yeah. That's a Christian message, but it's not just being reductive.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like a better version of this would be like emphasis on like how, uh, like a community can support one another.
1: 100%. Where is that song? That sounds like a bop. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I take my money. Um, okay, so then it goes to, and I loved this lyric. This is where I started laughing because the guy sings, So, what's the point of the story? What am I trying to say? And I'm like, Two things. Uh, that's exactly what I was wondering. And also, if you have to ask yourself two times back to back in a song, What's the point of the story and what am I trying to say? <laughs> I
0: believe. <staring the> <laughs> Yeah. Clearly he's never written a, like a paper where they need the, like the thesis statement up front. <laughs> you
1: know? He wrote this before he ever got to high school English. Yeah. <laughs> so then he says, is your life based on the rock of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus or a sandy foundation you've managed to lay? Sarah, have you ever laid a sandy foundation?
0: <laughs> Actually, I have some like, I have some fun doozies for you on this one. Do you? Yeah. So um but we can go through all of this first
1: okay okay um okay so the last the last stanza of this is wild because it takes a hard turn the next stanza needless to say evelyn left her husband
0: and I mean, him
1: for every penny he had i wish those two would find jesus before things get worse than they already have okay when we last left this couple he was just traveling on a work trip mm-hmm. But she was like, deuces, and I'm suing your ass. For what? What's she suing him for?
0: Yeah, she's the one with all the money. This is why you get a prenup.
1: <laughs> yes. If you have money. Really, the song Gold Digger was more useful because we all learned that we need to have a prenup
0: from that song. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, derogatory towards women, of course, but yes. we yes. all get the message that you should, if you have any money,
1: you real money, not like
0: you, you need to have like fuck around money to be able to have to do this but
1: exactly exactly um and then they get back to the whole like it's raining and you know it's blowing down or whatever but like I feel like I feel like that song didn't have a whole lot of development and it just Mm. took they rushed to the conclusion of like um uh to to sort of prove their point of like see if you don't have a foundation in Jesus your marriage is going to fall apart and you're going to be miserable
0: yeah and there's like this weird sort of like Tone of like three little pigs about it you know yeah right like mm-hmm. what the fuck is this mm-hmm. we learned this in kindergarten
1: yeah it's very it's very um it's kind of childish
0: yeah and also like the the um the like not the tune but some of the chords like if you go back and listen to Piano Man by uh Joel Joel who am I thinking Billy Joel of? Billy Joel, um, it's Very similar. I mean, obviously, Billy Joel does it better, but it's very similar. And in the lyrics, like Billy Joel is telling stories. It's not like a juxtaposition, but they're stories and there's like, it feels similar. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so like, so on the surface, we've got some prosperity gospel. We have that whole like, you know, uh, build your foundation solid and we've got some, um, some, like, kind of fucked up views about, like, who gets to worship God and who doesn't, you know? Yep. Um, but here's the thing. So, so last, last week, when I was doing some research, I sent this song to Matt. Listeners, Matt is current boyfriend. And um, he listened to it. And then he came back and he was like, wow, that song is really anti-Semitic anti-semitic and super like um protocols of the elders of zion Ooh, because, well. because there is a very wealthy jewish like businessman financier named evelyn Roth evelyn's d rothschild really and, yes and like two of them so like his grandfather was one so like early 1900s and now he like has been doing this for a, for a long time. Like he's in his like 70s, 80s now, but he's very wealthy. His family is like a huge family, very, very wealthy. And they have their hand in a lot of different things because you know they're super wealthy. So like yeah, real estate, they give, they fund like art and uh, music programs that lend like, and like, they're just kind of like in a little bit of everything. And so So this narrative of like having wealth as problematic and then it seems like super weird that they would choose the name Evelyn Rothschild, right? Because like those, I mean, like I want to say it's a coincidence, but also like that's really specific. I mean, okay, so here's the thing
1: is like Evelyn Rothschild is a very specific name, right? If I was going to come up like, uh, like Rothschild sounded like, Like it was one of those names where it sounds rich, you know, but I don't, so I've probably heard it before, but I don't think I ever knew that it was like a Jewish family. And so it sounds like one of those, you know, like Vanderbilt or whatever, you know, like that kind of name. Right. Yeah. But the fact that it's like Evelyn Rothschild, that's super specific, right? It's not just like Jane Rothschild, like that's really super specific. Like it's super sus as the kids say.
0: It is. And so do you know, I didn't know, but do you know what the, uh, the protocols of the elders of Zion is? No. Okay. So this, uh, so it's a, um, it's a completely made up. It's like the first conspiracy theory <gasps> and It's a completely made up uh, like pamphlet or story based out of Russia, early 1900s. I think the first printing was in like 1920, early 1920s in Russia. And basically what they did is they took a lot of like excerpts from other places. I don't know exactly what, Um, but the intent was to, to like give this narrative that that Jewish people are trying to take over the world. And like, we've, we all like, I I think we've all like heard this narrative a little bit. I've never thought about it seriously, but this idea that like, Jewish people are trying to like (laughs) control everybody else and take over the world. FYI, this pamphlet has been going around, or like this document has been going around for ages. Henry Ford had 500,000 copies printed in the United States. What? Oh no! Oh no! And so. Wild. Yeah. And so, like, and so, like, I can definitely see, like, in the lens of it being. Evelyn de Rothschild's family that mm-hmm. like that indictment of this bullshit uh, protocols of the elders of Zion. Um, but I also like, I just with a song, so milk I'm kind of like, really? <laughs> like, really? And like, what's the end game there? Yeah. Well, it kind of makes me wonder because
1: I know, like, I remember when I, when we were in divinity school, I did a paper on, um, Sexuality and how the like, basically how the conservative church and media portrays um, uh, queer people, right? And and at that point, so when I wrote this paper, it would have been like the late aughts, um, and so increased levels of discrimination. Um, and there, what I was tracking was sort of this pattern of um, the other in America, but also elsewhere, and how uh, certain slurs and tropes reappear with different things. So like, you know, with with um, queer people in the the 90s and aughts, there was this thing about like, well, can you trust their, your children around them, right? Um, but if you backtrack that to um, the uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, there was stuff in the media about, well, can you trust your children around Jews? And then like, and I I kept finding that same trope coming up around and around and around. And the, the, the sort of myth of the seductress, right? Like can't, you know, Mm -hmm. in the same way, like, can you trust your children around gay people? Can you trust your children around Jews, especially Jewish women as a seductress? Mm -hmm. And so there's the sense of the other as seducing you away from your morality. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I wonder here, like it takes this hard turn of just like yeah. at first it seems like it's criticizing the husband for being away on a work trip and then it turns around uh,
0: like so they got divorced
1: right and then it's like she sued him and yeah. and, and and also and going back if you're talking about like you know kind of tropes and discrimination against Jewish people Rothschild was lucky to marry so wealthy mm. I mean that mm-hmm. seems pr- like a pretty obvious dig if we're looking at this through an antisemitic lens and yeah. then uh and then um, and then turning around and she sues him for every penny he has. Yeah. So it's it's kind of boiling this whole thing down to money mm-hmm. and that seems really reductive like about a relationship and what has a relationship end in general. But then if you look at it through a lens of anti-Semitism, it's like, oh my god like
0: yeah yeah I, uh, I mean like yes. and like I kind of like I kind of don't want to give Big chant Revival that kind of credit because the rest of the song is is really like surface level stuff unless I'm like missing big chunks and like don't understand things but but it also made me think about if we're viewing it through this anti-semitic lens um it's there there is this like really bizarre tension that I I don't know if I can like properly comment on um with evangelicals wanting to bring a about and funding Zionism and also attention of like they're not they don't believe in Jesus so therefore you know I don't know I don't know it's just it just seems sketch like it's super sketch like because
1: it seems like they're using
0: Zionism
1: right because if if so conserve so the um, conservative Christians, I think, are using Zionists to say because, in uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but the um, all of the that stuff that we learned in high school about the like you know, second coming and millennialism and all that stuff, the the thought about that viewpoint, which is not actually biblical, y'all, um, is that the third like what is it the third temple or whatever has to like rise again Mm -hmm. and like so that would mean that um and the temple is currently on where the dome of the rock which is a um which is a uh uh muslim place of worship is right now and so so what conservative christians want to happen is that they want Jews to take back over this Muslim holy site that's built on top of the second temple so that Jews can reconstruct that temple. And when I say Jews, I totally mean like Zionists. I I don't want to be inner uh, inner sketch about this, um, but I want to be very specific. The Zionist wing of Judaism to to rebuild the temple, which would in the... conservative Christian views bring about the second coming of Jesus that, Right. that's the that's the like recipe so it's really kind of almost like I don't know if it feels this way to you, Sarah, but it, it feels to me that like conservative Christians are sort of puppeting what they want to happen in the Middle East so that they can bring about what their their means to an end
0: for sure I I definitely buy that as well that like if it I think a very strong argument could be made that Um, conservative christians who are funding these zionistic movements are really just you know it's not respectful they're just Mm -hmm. using these other people as a means to an end yep um an end which like i personally think is like really dubious why if you want to go to heaven like you don't have to destroy the world for that right it's like,
1: okay if you believe in a god that is all-powerful why do you think you have to orchestrate all these things to happen for all-powerful said god to i don't know have a second coming like the whole thing when you step back for it and take a breath doesn't make any actual sense
0: yeah um, well oh, yeah. yeah it's hot mess it's so weird and just an fyi i did try to do my due diligence and i looked up like sue and reuben reuben sue whatever um and i did find uh a pair like the ruben brothers uh uh-huh. um who are i want to say from mumbai and are super wealthy but they didn't come into like their fuck you money until like 2006 so i don't i don't think that that was that this was about them another possibility is uh ruben from the old testament um mm-hmm. he was one of the tribe of ruben mm-hmm. But that's also like a weird, like a weird connect. I don't know if that really makes sense. Yeah, um, because he he was an adulterer, and and uh, yeah, I didn't see any good like like parallels. Yeah, you know, if I,
1: I think you might have read these books. I know I've only seen like a movie, and I haven't read any of the books. But at the point when this stuff that then a lot of these songs would have been created that's kind of when the craze for the left behind stuff was going on for sure right? and wasn't I mean there was a whole lot about the end times at that point and I'm wondering how much uh in in I don't know if you remember or not but did did in that Tim LaHaye version did they have to rebuild the third temple in order to bring about the second coming or what or was it the whole or, or was it just like oh it's there's the rapture and then there's the thousand years and then we've got to deal with it because it's it's all about if you're a premillennial, what mid-millennial post. post-millennial um when as wow. to when jesus would come the the, the the belief in you know different magic formulas as to how that would come about
0: yeah i i don't like a uh, I i probably saw those versions those weren't the ones that led the like left a big impression the Mm -hmm. the like horror series the christian horror series from the 70s Uh um i know i've told you about this surely i have
1: um Um, is it the one with the wish you wish we'd all been ready song that you would sing to me you would okay so sarah in divinity school would um after we'd had a couple drinks would just kind of lean over and be like hey Laura." and I've never actually heard the like real version of the song but I've heard Sarah sing it a million times to me
0: and it's so creepy oh it's solid it's from this uh, so this will tell you how terrible it was like you could only find it on VHS and um so I had like the trilogy on VHS in the early 2000s and it came with a timeline of where we were in the end times. Which is where are probably we? where my hi, our high school teachers got in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, where are we at the end times, Sarah? I'm dying to know. Oh, man. That is a great question. If that had any relevance to my life, I would probably know. Right? <laughs> Last I heard they manufactured a red calf but I think that was 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, we're still waiting on that red calf to manifest.
0: <laughs> no, no, they like genetically engineered it.
1: Okay, so what is it what does the red calf have to do in order to bring about the end I time? I don't know. I don't know. It's got to, maybe it's got to have a baby.
0: Maybe. And or that maybe, baby is Jesus or maybe it's just like a, if a red calf is slaughtered as a like a you know Sacrifice yeah. or something like that. So
1: if we keep it alive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then we're good.
0: Also, I like this idea of like they manufactured a red calf, which like <laughs> low key. Can we just say that they just dyed this calf's wool like fur? <laughs>
1: like, what is this going to do? Like, trick Jesus? Like, trick God? Like, I don't. None of this makes sense. It's
0: wild. It's yes, it is wild. It's. It's kind of like they
1: read too much Greek mythology and then got it like mixed up. Like, cause I feel like that's something like Zeus would fall for like, oh, is that a red calf? I gotta come down. And, you know, Zeus was always like having sex with everything. Like he'd come down and be like, I'm, I gotta have sex with that calf.
0: Okay, so we've gotten way off topic and I wanted to yes, hear us back. <laughs> However, before we do that, I really want to plug Circe and the Song of Achilles. <gasps> so good. Oh, good. Those are books. They are delightful. Madeline Miller,
1: right? I think that she's, sounds, yes. Yeah. And also, uh, I, it, we are not getting any money for this, but I just have to say that um, I listen to them on audiobook uh, and the voices that they have doing that are just gorgeous. Yes. It's it's, a, it's kind of a feminist and queer retelling of some of these myths and they're just gorgeous.
0: Yeah. And like based in fact, because yes. uh, yeah, really good though. Okay. Yeah bringing us back um yeah so but like there so like you can definitely see like how there's just this like wealth of speculation and like interesting subject like interesting stuff but there's no reference to that in the rest of the story so it just seems like a bizarre dig at Evelyn de Rothschild like I feel like this dude was just like in his apartment writing a song and he was like hey roommate what's the name of like somebody who's really fancy or like wealthy and the guy was like I don't know Evelyn de Rothschild and he was like that sounds good yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: and then he was like you rich stuck up bitch and then like yeah. wrote it that way and it's like he doesn't he doesn't know this woman he doesn't know anything about her like he's just like he's wrote well, it's the, a him. sorry the,
0: oh, Evelyn de Rothschild oh. is a him but yeah. it's okay
1: okay and was just like i'm gonna trash i'm gonna trash them and yeah. that's gonna be a means to an end
0: and actually that's like so perfect because if like this like in this scenario if it was roommate who was like evelyn de rothschild he probably totally assumed that it was a her
1: yeah actually right because doesn't he have it
0: like that she had the money yeah yeah evelyn bought him
1: a house on the beach?
0: Yeah, it does say I
1: think it does say that. So, so I think Evelyn left her husband. Yeah, so he's assuming that Evelyn is a is a boy. Because we know they're we know this is the mid 90s, y'all. This is not
0: Yeah, no, he's he's assuming that she's a, that that Evelyn's a girl. Yeah. A lady. So this
1: is this is a this is a mid nineties at Christian song. This is definitely a heterosexual relationship. 100
0: <laughs> yeah. percent Yeah. Um which is both hilarious and, like, a good lesson for checking your facts.
1: Agree to agree.
0: Because you can use so many other names that have three syllables for that for that boy's name. Yes.
1: Like Christian. Yes.
0: Frederick. Christopher. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they
1: could have, he could have done a little bit better. Also, he needed like an extra stanza in there for character development.
0: Yeah. And I think that this is what it comes down to. Like, this is one of the reasons why Christian music just isn't, like generally speaking, isn't as good, is because it's trying to mimic secular music, but they're not understanding the like creative element of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. They can't, it's like they are having to jam in like a hard sell for Jesus and it doesn't, and they're like trying to keep a song under four minutes and you just can't tell a whole story about a thing. And then jam in also like, have you heard about my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ? Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. not gonna
0: work. It was <laughs> like even. somebody gave, like somebody like, you know, modified the, the like tune of Piano Man. And then they were like, okay, <laughs> do like some storytelling with this sheet music. Right.
1: And like I just what's wild to me is like, what if we just assumed that the creative process, that there was something divine about the creative process and just let it be? And didn't didn't force like have to force like Jesus in there, you know? Like
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think like let's next week, let's do like a so okay, so there is a good song like a properly good song we could do
1: mm-hmm.
0: or there is a very like heartfelt song which to me is like super cringy and like feels really it's like a worship song it feels really Ooh. like gross like gross like
1: i want the properly good song and is okay. it stomp by kirk franklin it, you know
0: what it is you know yes. what stomp is on my like it's on my regular rotation
1: <laughs> i still i swear to god when that song still comes up i'm like yeah make me clap my hands <laughs> it's, it's such it's such a fun song but this is coming from the girl that was only i was forced to listen to it in chapel and i was forced to listen to it in study hall like not that song, but like other Christian songs. Yeah. So when Kirk Franklin jumped the tr- like jumped the Christian tracks onto pop music, I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is actually good music." And I do think that there is something about the fact that it's not just this kind of cringy white like contemporary. Well, it's like kind of
0: authentic. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do Sufjan Stevens next week, but Sufjan Stevens yeah. I think is a great example yes. of like towing that line yes for sure agreed we are way off topic
1: we are we are (laughs) but this is this is good because there's a lot of meat here i would want to know y'all do you have songs that are super cringy that you listen to from your youth uh or were forced to listen to that were specifically christian um or songs conversely that you feel toe the line very well that they might have a religious implication in them um but but feel pretty authentic and like heartfelt um Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can can slide into our DMs on Twitter at Bible Bitches, you know, or or just add us. We like to be added as well, as long as you're not coming at us. But we do want to thank, we do want to thank some people. We want to thank at Erin Doodles for doing our artwork. Uh, We want to thank Miss Eves at Yo Eves for doing our intro and outro music. Um, And who else do we want to thank, Sarah?
0: Um, we want to thank Big Tent Revival. <laughs> yes, we do. Thanks for
1: letting this kind of bag on you for a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, if you have a response, Big Tent Revival, we're all in. Yeah, um, add,
1: add us. <laughs>
0: uh, and, uh, you know, of course, thank you listeners. Um, if you have any, comments thoughts questions please look us up on twitter facebook um we're also on soundcloud itunes and stitcher um and so please like check us out uh hit us up um yeah so uh we look forward to hearing from you
1: yeah and we'll be back next time with another amazing or cringy song we're not sure
0: tv it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing after this one like we said, it's going to, it's not going to be Sufjan, but it's going to be something. Noise, That's like, and stop. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be stop. It's not yeah. going to be stop. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>